In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you now and always. Welcome back to Pointing to the Saviour of the World with me, Patrick Tafu, on this fifth Sunday of Lent, Year C. We gather to praise God, to listen to his word, to pray for the church, for our world, for those in need, for ourselves and for those who have died through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary. Let us pray in the words that Jesus himself taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, in Jesus Christ, the readings on this fifth Sunday of Lent challenge us to show mercy to the sinners around us and to live as forgiven people, actively seeking reconciliation with God and with one another. Pope Saint John Paul II once said, that God does not forgive evil, but the individual. And he teaches us to distinguish the evil act, which as such must be condemned from the person who has committed it, to whom he offers the possibility of change. We gather today to experience that mercy and compassion of God and to share our blessings by forgiving and showing mercy to others who have offended us or gone astray. We pray for the grace to be able to forgive 
and show mercy, to be more like Christ. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, who made a way through the sea, a path in the great waters, who put chariots and horse in the field, and a powerful army which lay there never to rise again, snuffed out, put out like a weak. No need to recall the past, no need to think about what was done before. See, I am doing a new deed, even now it comes to light. Can you not see it? Yes, I am making a road in the wilderness, paths in the wilds, the wild beasts will honour me, jackals and ostriches, because I am putting water in the wilderness, rivers in the wild, to give my chosen people drink, the people I have formed for myself will sing my praises. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. I believe nothing can happen that will outweigh the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For him 
I have accepted the loss of everything. And I look on everything as so much rubbish. If only I can have Christ and be given a place in him. I am no longer trying for perfection by my own efforts. The perfection that comes from the law. But I want only the perfection that comes through faith in Christ. And is from God and based on faith. All I want is to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and to share his sufferings by reproducing the pattern of his death. That is the way I can hope to take my place in the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have become perfect yet. I have not yet won, but I am still running, trying to capture the prize for which Christ Jesus captured me. I can assure you, my brothers, I am far from thinking that I have already won. All I can say is that I forget the past and strain ahead for what is still to come. I am racing for the finish, for the prize to which God calls us upwards to receive in Christ Jesus. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Now, now it is the Lord who speaks. Come back to me with all your heart, for I am all tenderness and compassion. Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory be to you, Lord. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At daybreak, he appeared in the temple again, and all the people came to him. He sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and Pharisees brought a woman along who had been caught committing adultery and making her stand there in full view of everybody, they said to Jesus, Master, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery, and Moses has ordered us in the law to condemn women like this to death by stoning. What have you to say? They asked him this as a test, looking for something to use against him. But Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground with his finger. As they persisted with their question, he looked up and said, If there is one of you who has not sinned, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. 
Then he bent down and wrote on the ground again. When they heard this, they went away one by one, beginning with the eldest, until Jesus was left alone with the woman, who remained standing there. He looked up and said, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, no one, sir, she replied. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go away and do not sin anymore. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, in the gospel today, we hear a story we have heard time and time again. Familiarity with this story has made most of us inattentive to gaping holes in the narrative. First, this famous incident took place within the precinct of the temple, and this is no insignificant detail. Why would this woman be brought into the precinct of the temple, even if this took place in the outer court of women? Shouldn't the scribes and the Pharisees, who were most careful about matters concerning ritual purity, know that to have a public sinner dragged into the compound of the house of God would be a great affront to God himself? Second, who was this unnamed woman? Is she the same woman who entered the house of Simon the Pharisee and bathed the Lord's feet with her tears? And to think that this woman was forgiven once and now caught in another compromising situation? Shouldn't she deserve a more severe punishment for this repeat offence? Thirdly, and this may seem oddest of all. The Lord's parting words to this woman are, Go away and do not sin anymore. Curiously, St. John does not report any penitential resolve on the part of the woman, although... Although the Lord also does not condemn her, neither does he absolve her of her sin. But the fourth mystery of this story is one which has puzzled most scholars and commentators and given rise to many a speculation. What was our Lord writing on the ground? Mm. You and I would probably never pick on a stone to throw at another person in judgment. But there are plenty of times when you and I might have been tempted to think 
that we are without sin. But there's not one person here who doesn't stand in need of God's mercy. Not one of us. Not one of us is without sin. And every one of us needs the mercy of Jesus. And Pope Francis knows that too well. And he wants that mercy be ours. Meeting with the media once upon a time, the Pope told reporters, how I would love a church that is poor and ease for the poor. Sounds great, doesn't it? Especially if you're one who thinks the church should sell all of its property and its famous art and give the money to the poor. But if we are the church, if you and I are the church, then we have to ask ourselves, will we be poor for the poor? Also in this gospel story, we have a perfect way to deal with the so-called contemporary phenomenon of the cancel culture. Jesus gives us a perfect way to deal with this attempts made by the crowd to cancel him and also to cancel the lady. Today we recognize that cancel culture in some form has always been with us and we see how Jesus responded to those who wanted to literally destroy the woman caught in adultery. Wikipedia defines cancel culture or call-out culture as a contemporary phrase used to refer to a form of ostracism in which someone is thrust out of social or professional circles, whether it be online or on social media or in person. We have seen cancel culture, for example, in the Me Too movement. Cancel culture takes different forms, but it, it is not new. We could all describe scenarios from when we were very young, when we were children, where a person was ostracized and or lose their job because they took part or did something deemed unacceptable by popular culture. For example, slapping someone in the face like Will Smith recently did, joking about the Holocaust, for example, or making a joke about, about Black Lives Matter, or slavery, and so on, that led to the person facing ostracism. Lastly, we have heard this expression hundreds of times but it still rings true today. Hate the sin, love the sinner. It succinctly identifies a central teaching of Jesus. Hate the sin, love the sinner. Today's gospel might be seen as a dramatic enactment of that saying. 
The sin in the story is clear. The woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Everyone in the story hates the sin. The crowds, the, the, the leaders, Jesus, even the woman herself. They are all united in hating the sin. There is a disagreement, however, on what to do with the sinner. Some believe that she should be executed, stoned to death for her crime. But Jesus believes that she should not. As we watch this story unfold, three things emerge. A principle, a qualification and a command. The principle is this. No person should be equated with his or her sin. People are responsible for their sins, but no person, no one should be defined simply by the sins they commit. Jesus sees the sin of the woman, but he sees something much more. He also sees the part of the woman that remains good, the part that could that could change the part that is hopeful that things can be different this basic insight of jesus has been reflected through subsequent centuries in the catholic teaching for catholics believe that the dignity and worth of every person remains despite the crimes or sins they may commit Regardless of the horrible things that people do, we continue to believe that the image of God within them is never completely erased. Are we willing to live like we believe this as Christians, as Catholics? Do we believe in hate the sin and love the sinner? Are we willing to forgive The death, resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, God our Father has shown his immense love for us and so with confidence we turn to the Lord in prayer. For the leaders of the church, that they may continue to proclaim the merciful love of God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For peace in the world, that all will turn from hatred to love and from violence to reconciliation. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who will be initiated into the church this Easter, that the seeds of the gospel buried deep within them may yield a rich harvest of prayer, faith and service. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all our parish communities, that by keeping Lent well, we will come to the celebration of Easter with hearts and minds renewed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who have been bereaved or who are suffering the loss of a loved one, that the Lord will heal their wounds and fill them with hope in the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all those who have died, remember especially Canisius Fulmer, John, and all our friends, our relatives who have died recently. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. For our own personal intentions and those who have asked us to pray for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We now ask Mary, our mother, to intercede for us as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father of love, you have planted in our hearts the hope of eternal life. Bring us and all our loved ones to the joy of the kingdom of heaven. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless us and keep us from all evil and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us continue to bless the Lord. Thanks to God. My brothers and sisters, thank you for joining me today to listen to the Word of God, to praise and worship God, and most importantly, to get nourishment for our faith. I pray that we'll be a forgiven people, a people who want to be more like Christ, merciful, compassionate, and full of forgiveness. Amen. I wish you a beautiful celebration of the fifth Sunday of Lent. We finish our prayers like we began in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm.